Hello, this is Deb from Deb Zeta Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings Podcast Network. Today I'm speaking to Josh, also known as Thoreau A. Whelan, who is an alien, sci-fi, psychic phenomena, remote viewing, and UFO enthusiast. Um, he is a blogger, a father, a throwaway alien author, researcher, and a member of UFO Twitter. He's here to explain what Throwaway Alien is about and to discuss the phenomenon in general. Welcome to the dojo, Josh. Hey, nice uh, nice to be here, and thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to talk about all things uh, kind of crazy, right? <laughs> you know, let's say fringe. Crazy is a tough term. <laughs> I uh, No, that's true. Uh, I, I, I kind of couch it that way because I talk about all this stuff with my my professional colleagues as well uh right i'm kind of known as the guy because i've had some interesting experiences that i can't help but talk about right mm-hmm. um and uh and so i i kind of preface it with okay here's the crazy talk right but you're right it kind of is it's a little bit dismissive right and and uh yeah so it's 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 interesting yeah uh but it is definitely fringe stuff there's some exciting thoughts to explore in this topic mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like you lean a lot towards the psychic and consciousness and remote viewing aspects. So what is it about those parts of the phenomenon that draw you so much? So that's a good question. Um, So I've had kind of these, I I will call them precognitive experiences throughout my whole life, right? Um, Going back even to when I was very little, I remember one night... um, we were laying in my grandmother's bed. We were in, in the my grandmother's bed, going to sleep at night. Um, and my brother was—he's uh, a couple years younger than me—and he, uh, he all of a sudden said, "Oh, somebody answered the phone. Phone's ringing." And both my grandmother and I said, "Matt, my, you know the 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 phone's not ringing. Why? Uh, nothing's happening. It's okay. Calm down." And right then the phone rings. Right. So uh, that was—I mean, we were five six seven years old uh and so these kind of experiences have informed my life right um you know going through my day-to-day activities i'll have a a random thought about someone and uh it'll be some factoid about their life right uh this has happened a few times where uh you know coincidentally that night they tell me the thing that i was thinking about right um this I, i i call it some kind of sometimes I call it supernatural knowledge because it's knowledge about the natural that you have no natural way of knowing. Um, and so these experiences kind of have driven me on a quest to find out more about what is that phenomenon, right? And so that has led me through charismatic Christianity where I saw a lot of people prophesying and speaking in tongues and that stuff. Um, and so uh, that kind of informed a lot. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, can you, since we're in the dojo, can you please define that for people? Like, sure. I mean, we we don't want to say it's necessarily synonymous with speaking in tongues, although that does oh, kind absolutely. of paint a picture. But could you just define what charismatic Christianity is? So charismatic Christianity comes from the Greek term charismata, and that just, uh, it's a it's a Greek term to reference the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And those are I don't know, seven or nine different gifts that are lifted, listed in the Bible that are things like speaking in tongues and prophesying. So it's just a signifier to say we believe that these spiritual gifts are still active today, right? And that's what you do have the people who go, you know, bananas in the services and blah, 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 right? Um, 
and you've got people who practice speaking in tongues in mild manners, right, uh, in their closets and their prayer closets and things like that. Um, but my experience was very much interested in the gift of prophecy, right, which is the foreknowledge of future events uh, was because I tended to experience those things. Um, and uh, and that's kind of when I kind of started developing this framework of thought around it that is just supernatural knowledge. And uh, at that point, I started, I, I think, so just to tie it into some of the, 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 the throwaway alien stuff, right? In November of 2013, I was just leaving that that realm and just getting into like ufology. Um, and I saw the things about remote viewing. Which, when I when I wrote the story and and all of this stuff, I lived uh, in uh, a place. It was a it was. Uh, I want to say it was pretty close to where the Stargate program was headquartered at some point, which was I think was in Charlottesville, Virginia. I was pretty close to that area, um, so I was very interested in this, uh, just all of it and the synchronicities that I kind of saw that uh, it, it seemed to draw me in my life towards this interest, right? Uh, and so I experimented with some of the practices that I had learned through charismatic Christianity, which is really um, a sense of mindfulness is really what it comes down to. Prayerfulness is really just a, a focused meditation, right? Uh, which in the th throwaway alien story, I mentioned that their language is like, hmm, that was, it was because it was a reference. It was a callback to that meditative mindfulness state that you kind of have to be in that I was, that I uh, seem to remember myself being in, right? Uh, so yes, all of these these kind of crisscrossing interests kind of led me down this experimental, um, uh, very experimental, uh, uh, experimental experiment, I guess, uh, an experiment with uh, the esoteric, right? Um, and so more recently, that's kind of taken a dive into some of the occult uh, researchers like Aleister Crowley, uh, all of those things. Uh, been reading a little bit about chaos magic and all of that stuff. It's fascinating, um, but yeah, hopefully that kind of answers your question in a not too long-winded way. That's okay. And and for those who are not familiar with the throwaway alien story, can you summarize that for people? So this is okay. Yes, absolutely. I can summarize it. It is the story of someone who was abducted by aliens and experimented on throughout their life, right? But it wasn't a literal story. It was an allegory. It was, I, I call it an allegory, right? It was, there are a lot of um, details in there that are from my own life, right? Like uh, talk about getting abducted every two years. It was a, it was actually because I change, you know, tend to change jobs every two to three years. I move uh, every two to three years to a totally different part of the country, right? So I kind of took these aspects of my life and roiled it into a an alien abduction narrative because that was the the most I don't know maybe palatable delivery delivery mechanism for my thoughts about the future. Does that does that make sense? So uh, because it kind of sidesteps all of these questions of how in the world do you know about the future or, or and all of that stuff because that that was almost irrelevant at the time right it doesn't matter the hows uh and all i needed was so i wrote this story right uh so it, and it the big thing that it does uh is that it predicts that aliens are going to come back or whatever uh right i think it was something to that effect on july 18th 2021 uh now i had written this in november of 2013 which if you'll recall i just mentioned earlier was when i was leaving charismatic christianity and 
figuring out all about this stuff, right? Um, so the the attempt was an attempt at it's still a little hazy to me, right? I, I it was a long time ago. Um, I I describe it as mostly a remote viewing attempt of the future, right? And the reason that I came back the second night to answer questions, for example, is because if it was remote viewing, then I could turn it on and off and and remote view other things at will was kind of the point of the experiment. Um, and then I wouldn't know how accurate I was until the future got here and either it was right or, right or wrong. Um, so uh, yeah, so uh, I, I wrote this story. It was kind of an, a bunch of my life details wrapped up into an allegory of alien abduction to deliver my hypotheses about the future if, if there was this thing called remote viewing and it had these common threads among these other experiences that I had been through does that make sense i think i, I feel like yeah, yeah. That was it a... feels it feels like you found it was safer to put it in a story about alien abduction which is interesting because other people would say run away from that but for you that was the mechanism well it was odd because i it, it, it was very stream of consciousness right and and so i made decisions very on the fly um but i wrote it and there was a synchronicity that that the reason that I posted it so at all, I had never really intended to post it, um, but I needed somewhere. It's so stupid. I needed somewhere to put it that I wouldn't lose it because I'm really good at losing things, right? Even if I write something down, I'm probably still going to lose it. So I needed somewhere that it would come back to life on its own, right? And so I said, oh, I'll post it as an anonymous person on the internet. Uh, about the future and then i had so i had this story written out i did type it in like microsoft word or whatever uh beforehand people speculated about that in the old days uh, of throw alien um but uh i i said well what place likes aliens on the internet and i thought well reddit likes aliens uh and i think i had recently signed up for the service and then i went to the front page and it was that uh ask reddit thread of alien abductees of reddit so it was a synchronicity and i kind of live by these synchronicities right it's it's they're like breadcrumbs to me that i'm doing things close enough to write uh right so um it was this synchronicity and i said i i have to post it and and i definitely feel bad at times because i feel like i misled folks absolutely right and this it's this weighs on me uh but at the time my reality was i was leaving charismatic christianity and i thought it was just all a bunch of bullshit there's no way that people can really predict the future it's all bullshit and i'm just going to be a stupid asshole on the internet that wrote up a fanciful story uh on the internet right but when it turned out like i suspected the future might it kind of might it, i had a a major like mind-blowing experience um and uh so yeah uh anyways um man so, i don't know where i was going with that but well let's rewind on that a little bit so you had predicted for instance that aliens would be back in july right. 2021 and and now obviously they're not clearly no <laughs> present but that's about when the report dropped from the government right so uh, th that was the thing is the date was always, I figured, kind of bogus, right? I, I figured it doesn't have to be the an exact date. If I just get it in the general time frame, 
it's going to be right on. And if uh, if folks will actually read through the story, I think in the very first few lines of the very first post, I think I actually called it like a program change. Um, and so it, my theory at the time was that aliens have been here for a long time, and that's where these connections to religion come from. And I think Diana Pasulka's, uh, Dr. Pasulka's research is hugely relevant. Um, and so I'm a big fan of hers, right? But uh, so uh, my theory was that if they had been here this entire time, they would never have to arrive. They've already been here. So what would that look like, right? So it would probably look like a program change of some sort. There would probably be some governmental changes and uh, towards uh, transparency, right? Uh, and the whole theory was that also if they are here and that these synchronicities that I see uh, all the time, uh, it's like glitches in the matrix, right? I saw the cat and then I saw the cat again. Um, the, these synchronicities happen and it it just looked like they were all pointing me towards this specific date time or, or this specific uh, or this particular range of, of time. Right. Um, so, yeah, no aliens. Um, but I, I kind of described it as program change or whatever. Right. And then I said that I don't think that there's anything that we have to worry about because I didn't expect aliens really to come here because what are aliens? We don't even know what that means. Right. Um, yeah. Some would say we, we that's us. <laughs> so we're the. Exactly. <laughs> so. Right. If we're here and we're going to meet the native population, that's a really different event, right? We're the apocalypse bringers at that point. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's anyway. So all of these thoughts were just kind of uh, coalescing in my head. I, oh, by the way, one fun fact about the July 18th date. Um, uh, it, I did know that there was the 35th anniversary. I Googled it of uh, aliens. Uh, the movie right people picked up on that they they clued in um and then i liked the memory of uh making at playing on the words right because i'm i'm i think of myself at least as a wordsmith and i like to play on words right and i like puns so i i kind of like the, the pun at on 18th right uh but the date was always kind of a bogus date anyways Ad additionally i was because my background is charismatic christian i'm aware of a lot of the abuses that happen among uh people who predict the future right and you know the big one to me was like the the Haley bop ufo cult uh and with their predictions right and all of that stuff and then um like actual people predicting the future correctly but with ill intent uh and so one of the things that i wanted to do with the, the date is i wanted there to be a firm closing date where it would be clear nothing happened this guy was totally full of shit right um and sorry i i i have a, a bit of a potty mouth at times i hope that's all right you um, did describe yourself as a pirate i, <laughs> I did saw uh, that. <laughs> I, I uh it's a, yes it's a reference to some of my politics uh i i'm a big fan of the uh, people can love them or hate them i i kind of like that lincoln part uh lincoln project group but they fly they do that pirate flag all the time whenever they they do political stuff so hmm. i i, I kind of like that uh but I liked it in other ways, too, because the, the pirates are about, uh, you know, let us be free, right? Uh, anyway. Well, well, we're definitely doing some free thinking right now, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, sorry. So, yeah. So uh, that date, I, I, I wanted there to be a firm close date. And uh, at which point people could say there's nothing to this. Let's safely move on. And it would reduce the risk of any potential cult 
actually being formed, right? Uh, so yeah, those that's uh, there were so many things that went into it all, um, but hopefully that distills it down a little bit into the 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 miss, right? Yeah, it's a, it is unfortunate. Um, just looking back in history, um, even just religious history, people who predicted the future tended to be treated like they were witches and then they were burned or stoned yes. or whatever. Um, so a lot of people probably just kept that to themselves, knowing that they weren't in a society that was super supportive. Absolutely. I, then, I think that's... Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and then we know later on, people who had any kind of ability, um, they were exploited um, by the government, by, you know, agencies like see the CIA. Mm -hmm. Well, so. that was absolutely so that was part of the the dealing with being throwawayian part of the whole story, right, was in. Uh, so I actually saw Rather Be Squidding's video on it. He published it in like April, um, and that rem that's what reminded me of it all over again, right? Uh, I think I published my final update in May. It was like May 27th or 24th, something like that. Um, and uh, so, uh, man, I was going somewhere with that. Uh, we can pause because you're gonna, you can edit this, right? Oh, no, God, no, we're oh, not editing. No. <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Okay, I don't remember where I was going with that, uh, but you had a question and I was trying to answer it and I got long-winded. We were I talking about how history has been unkind to people yes. who can predict the future. And so you created this story, but you wanted it to be clear. It wasn't some kind of religious tome for people to clamor around. Right. Well, and uh, another thing along those lines is... Um, I, I, oh right, part of the dealing with uh, with with all of that stuff happening, there was a very real danger, right? Uh, because one of my thoughts being, if if predicting the future is uh, a thing that humans can do, and if I somehow sh displayed a, a predilection towards it or a, a you know a, a talent towards it, that's something that potentially the special agencies of the world, uh, special you know the three letter agencies of the world could be interested in. Um, and, uh, it, it was, uh, yeah, part, uh, like I mentioned before, it was an absolutely mind blowing experience. Right. So I had to deal with that, some of that stuff, right. Um, what kind of danger would this expose you to? And that all is that all of that is part of what went into the whole idea of the throwaway account. Um, right. Is because I have no idea what I want to do with this. Right. And it could be potentially dangerous, um, to well, I, I have to ask, since you have experimented with this, and it sounds like you made an effort to do some futuristic, uh, I don't want to say scrying, but let's just say remote viewing, which is the more appropriate term. What did you see? So, all right. So there was a few things in the story. Um, there were some people that I believe that I... I kind of saw, and those were the characters that I wrote. Coach and Sam are absolutely people who I believe have real-life counterparts and who fit the bill, so to speak, of the people that I wrote in the story. Uh, I don't want to say who I think they are because I just don't want them to uh, necessarily be drawn into the story, right? Um, so, but that, that being aside, uh, there were... 
I, I kind of documented some of those relationships in the story. Those seem like they, it, 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 if I interpret the my thoughts then through the lens of right now, right? Um, I, I seem to, I think that my thoughts were on. My thoughts generally were that there is some kind of something in charge of disclosure and at some point the government is going to be so up against a wall to reveal something that there's going to have to be some kind of movement on this topic somehow right um we have technology coming off the shelves that is increasingly able to document these things right we're, we're getting night vision cameras that are just dropping in price and all of these things right uh we're having legit scientific groups crop up now uh, uh so uh i i think that it was one of those things where i just saw technology taking us to this point where we understood this phenomenon much better than we previously have been able to um and i the last so there was one thing that i asked because i was worried that whatever the source of this information of the knowledge uh, of the future may have been coming from it could be deceive deceitful towards me right which is why i mentioned in the story take it all with a bowl of salt because uh, i have no idea it, it, let's assume that i was channeling or that i was connecting with the, what whatever you know whatever the method might be right i don't know but let's let's assume that i was connecting with something that could give me some relevant or relatively accurate knowledge of the future how could i know that they weren't trying to deceive me and manipulate me with it right um, yeah i actually had that thought when you said you follow these breadcrumbs that are being left by the universe essentially right, right. and my thought was um Sometimes breadcrumbs are used to attract Hansel something. And Gretel, right? <laughs> yes. Well, they can be used for all kinds of nefarious things. Um, absolutely. And that's kind of part of the fright. Uh, by the way, in the story, that's uh, in the throwaway alien story, that's what I mentioned is it's exciting, but it's scary. But you go on your own, right? I said of the abductions. Um, and that's kind of these synchronicities, these breadcrumbs that, that I was referring to, mm -hmm. like these these things that are tantalizing that by golly, my curiosity just gets me, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the, yeah. So it, it, the, if, if there was some kind of knowledge being that I was tapping into, how could I, A, know that it was accurate? If it was accurate, how, what does that mean? Right. Does that, does, does that mean the future is fixed? Does that mean it's, you know, what does it imply for free will? What does it imply for whatever might be giving me access, knowledge of this future? Am I, is it the glitch in the matrix? Did I see the source code, right? Um, so it yeah. does make me think of simulation theory quite a bit. Like if, if people are able to see the future, does that indicate it really is just the story that we're in, that we're just like little NPCs in a story playing it out? Yeah. Well, and the, the, what I like to think about is, I, I, I mean, I talked about hologram theories in the throwaway alien story, so I, I'm kind of partial to that theory um, or simulation theory. I, there's a lot of ways. I mean, when we think of simulations, we think of bits, right, a digital simulation. But our reality could be this very – like the atoms could be the method of simulation, right? There could be a deeper reality that atoms don't exist in. Atoms are the bits for them, right? Um but yeah, so one of the things that I like to think about with holograms is it implies a state that is 
unchanging, but that you, you know, if you shine a light through it, you're going to see different facets and different aspects of the timeline, right? Whereas the, the laser beam going through the hologram is the timeline, uh, is kind of how I think of things. And so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ways that I think of it, honestly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it has a lot of implications for a lot of things. Um, and I think that, I do think that we are poised to get some answers for some of them. Uh, I think that there's a lot of research going on in a lot of different places that are gonna gonna find some things out. Um, so yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the research that you have done because you've, um, you know, kind of gone through quite a few channels sure. <laughs> as far as yeah. research goes. Um, yep. I think one is the gateway um work that was done could you explain to people what gateway was okay um i i will do my best gateway was uh, uh according to my understanding right um uh, with that caveat uh was a program by i think it was maybe by the cia it was a government some kind of intelligence agency program right uh and it was to study into some of these more um i will call them esoteric interests right um these psi abilities right this um what can the human brain do right or maybe not even necessarily what can it do but what can it tap into what are you know what what are the various capacities that it has um so i was really interested in folks like ingo swan um which i think he was interested or he was involved with the 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 stargate program pretty early on um has a very fascinating story, but he's he's remote viewed very accurately, right? Um, so the Stargate program was, I think, uh, an attempt by the government to study these things that they had maybe anecdotal evidence of and to try to put some research behind it, right? Uh, is kind of my understanding of the, of the Stargate program uh, or Gateway program. Right, so I did, of course, look at some of those things um, in passing, because anyone who's studying the UFO phenomenon notices pretty quickly how often those very public experiencers that were in the government were also remote viewers. Yes. Um, and I do wonder if it if all that boils down to those people just had extra abilities, so they were able to perceive more and therefore were able to perceive UFOs and the phenomenon at a higher rate. Um, so that's a possibility that I've considered and Gary Nolan's research on the basal ganglia and caudate patamen and all that makes me kind of wonder if yeah. it's gonna boil down to something like that is why there's so much connection between those two. I absolutely think that there's something to that. And I, it's funny. One of the things that they say about the phenomena is that it has like some sort of genetic interest. Um, but I, if you think about it in terms of human biology, certain humans have, you know, there, we have athletes who's have a, athletes run in their family, no pun intended. Right. Um, because they're just biologically predilected towards those certain traits. Right. So, uh, Likewise, there are people who have all kind, you know, uh, um, emotional health issues, right? Uh, or cognitive, uh, right? I have ADHD, uh, cognitive, uh, I mean, issues, right? Uh, so we know that there is something to 
brain functions uh, and we don't know hardly anything about the brain it's a huge mystery to us still we don't know anything about what makes us us right consciousness and all of those big questions um so we are learning so much about the brain i think that yes there's something i i think that there's something i don't know if it's the structures or uh there seems to be a lot of talk about vibra vibrational frequencies right with the brain and i think that there's I think there's something to that. I don't know exactly what and, and how it relates to things. Though. I was just talking about that. I've been talking about that a lot lately. So here's my thought. Okay, here we go. And I know other people who have listened to the show previously have heard me talk about this. I think that everything is going to be about wave mm -hmm. and wave function. And everything related to the phenomenon is going to boil down to that. And the fact that another civilization or whatever may have potentially understood the science behind this much sooner than us because they, well, I should say a lot earlier than us because they may have been around a lot longer. Um, they know how to manipulate those things, right? So um, everything that um, people describe to me that relates to the phenomenon, I can find something in our science where we're starting to glean the same thing about wave functioning. For instance, a perfect example, and I've mentioned this before, is with quantum computers. They're working now on converting sound to light so that they can move things faster. They're just learning to manipulate these wave functions. So a, a more advanced civilization would be much further along with that. Um, so when people are talking about vibrations and density and all that fancy stuff, it, to me, it's the same thing as talking yeah. about wave function. Well, and to me, something when I think about, uh, you know, the wave functions and vibrational, uh, you know, patterns or whatever, like every atom, they when, when I was in school, they talked about the electron orbit, right? And it had a specific place that it orbited, right? And it was like a it was like a moon orbiting a planet or something. But now they talk about the electron cloud where it, the electrons may or may not be right. Um, and, and so I think about that and, and it makes me realize that like everything has a vibration to it, a certain uncertainty to it, right? Which I think kind of aligns with the wave function principle, right? Um, and so like even though this desk that I'm touching right now that my computer is on, right, it's very solid. But each individual electron is vibrating and moving just slightly in this very solid desk, right? And so... Does that mean I can align my vibrational frequency with uh, along my fingertips, right, with the with those of the, the grains of the wood or whatever? I, I don't know, but it, it when you think about it in that those terms, it, it starts you start to think about the brain as an antenna, right? And can you modulate the frequency that you're picking up on? Um, and maybe that's right, you know, maybe that I, I, now talking about the medical field, maybe that's maybe that's what schizophrenia uh phrenics are experiencing right we don't understand that 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 condition um so we we do know that gary nolan looked at that as well when in his research and um he he's looked at several different groups to try to compare the brain and the brain functioning um so there is a possibility that when schizophrenics are claiming that they see things some of those things may not be hallucinations and that could really freak people out but there's a possibility that they're perceiving more because their brain is picking up things that other people are missing 
I think that, there, that, that there's very much something to that. If you also think one thing that I think about, right, is how much we just tune out of our surroundings, right? Like if I'm outside, I don't see the, the birds flying overhead, even though I'm perceived like I, I can take them in optically. I don't perceive them. Right. It's that selective ignorance uh, of sorts. And so we filter out this white noise. Right. Yeah, well, the brain is still getting it, though, which is really yeah. interesting. So it's it's like on the surface level, another really good example that I think about sometimes when people feel like someone is staring at them, it's very possibly you get that sense because your brain has picked it up, even though you're not on the surface level aware of it. Like your your eyes have seen it and are aware that someone's right there. But you're so focused on looking ahead on that surface level that you're not aware that your brain's going, oh, by the way. <laughs> but you back just, there. Yeah, but you get the feeling. And the reason I, I was listening to someone talk about a Bigfoot experience, actually, this morning, and they said, oh, I just had that feeling someone was watching me. And, of course, I was thinking about, well, your brain probably picked it up. <laughs> uh, well, but it's funny because if those things are real, it really does mean things like spidey senses are a thing, right? Like it, it, you can hone that that's those other senses. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think that there's something to, you know, that we're always picking these things up. By the way, it, one of the things that I think that uh, is also interesting is ghosts, right? Um talking about always there uh and my mom's actually had a really interesting ghost experience before um my dad has seen a ufo i've seen a few ufos as well by the way um or what i believe to be ufos and i use that term colloquially colloquially um but yeah like w when you talk about they are perceiving the things that are observing them but they're not there right you know if you reach behind you there's nothing there um, it, it makes me wonder, you know, ghosts, are they, are, are ghosts just remote viewers that have manifested somehow into this reality, right? It, there's so many questions that I end up having. I just had that conversation too with somebody. We it, were just talking about like um, someone was remote viewing and they were seen by these other people that they were remote viewing with. So, and I've heard of this, uh, someone has an account on Twitter that was talking about they tried to remote view um, non-human intelligence. And they said they saw that the non-human intelligence picked up that they were there. So when we remote view, we may actually be visible. So if ghosts are actually other beings that are remote viewing, maybe, maybe even while they're asleep and they don't even know they're doing it, that could be really interesting, right? If you like, because a lot of people talk about how sleep and dreaming is very close to the experience of remote viewing. The only difference is you're asleep as opposed to awake. Mm -hmm. So, hmm, just something to well, think about. Uh, I think there's, I mean, I agree. Um, I mentioned my background in charismatic Christianity before. They are very big on dreams, right? And understanding your dreams, which is already a thing, right? E even in secular society or even other religious groups, right? Understanding your dreams is a very big thing. Um, and because there are certain truths that you have access to in your dream life that you don't have access to in your waking life, right? Because you, your filters are just operating at a different capacity, right? If it's, if it's Star Trek, your shields are at 37%, then you are receiving you know other 
cosmic rays bombarding bombarding you or whatever um so uh yeah i th i think that that that's inter interesting just when you talked about dreaming it made me think of a little bit more about that um and it's it's that consciousness connection right it's like your consciousness comes alive a little bit more in your dream life uh or something we definitely have access to the deeper parts of our brain when we're dreaming. Not only do we use information that's stored in our brain that, you know, sometimes we get that deja vu feeling later on when we're awake, because in our dream, our brain's already kind of worked with that material. Like it's already picked it up and it's working with it in a dream. So then you go out in reality and then you're suddenly observing something your brain's already observed, right? If that makes sense. And then it's like, oh, I've been here before. And your brain's like, duh, yeah, you were. You just weren't paying attention. You were looking at your phone. <laughs> so I don't know. It's really interesting. The brain is a tr really fascinating thing. Um, when we talk about things like meditation or remote viewing, it's really interesting. It uh, makes you wonder what we're tapping into. Some people who experiment with um, DMT talk about when they have that breakthrough, which, of course, we know is within the brain, right? Because they're physically there. Um, they say the reality that they break into is more real than the one that they're sober in. That's so, so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Grant Cameron's a big um, advocate for the idea of the dream world or the remote viewed world or the meditated world being just as important as this physical materialistic world yep i i i i tend to agree with them um because it shapes you in such a fundamental way too right it's, it's like your dreams affect you deeply uh you i'm sure we've all had that experience where you had that person in real life that is your best friend or your brother or sister or parent and you wake up at them and you're pissed at them because they did something to you in a dream right you it's 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 kind of like the Dr. Pasolka uh, viewpoint, uh, whether the experience is real or not, there are real consequences to the experience, uh, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's your dreams, uh, they're, they're fundamental to your identity, right? Even if you don't remember them. And, and also they train us, okay? So for an example um, that, I, that I like, because it happened with me, was I was really nervous about rollerblading. And the night um, before my birthday, when I knew I was about to get rollerblades, I was a young kid, like 16, I dreamt about rollerblading. And I dreamt exactly how to do it. And when I got my rollerblades, I knew exactly what to do. I, it, when I woke up and got them, I had no problem because I'd practiced in my dream. Yeah. The same thing with, with skiing. I practiced it in my dream. I had no problem when I did it in person. Uh, well, when I was awake. So it prepares I, us. It's I, like, uh, it's like, it really, it's, it is like a different simulation. <laughs> no, it, it is. Yeah. And I think you're, you're right. There's a lot of times when I have experiences that like, oh, I knew this. Uh, like I was doing something with my blacksmithing the other day. And I was like, oh, uh, oh, I, 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 I re, I will say that I relearned that, um, old blacksmiths back in the day when they were forging iron it would turn into steel from the coal from the fire right and i had forgotten about it uh but i i, I relearned it 
But there are uh, those things happen a lot with these things that I remember learning at some point very early on in my childhood that I just can't quite place where I learned it. And so I just chalk it up to, oh, I read it somewhere, right? Because I read a lot. Um, but there's some of those things that I, I'm just not sure about, right? Like, how did I know that? Um, because I just, that's supernatural. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's interesting. It's an, another answer. <laughs> <laughs> besides the fact that you know the dream world could be preparing us for things or showing us more of reality who knows but another thing that people talk about is reincarnation that they bring knowledge from a previous life with them and they remember some of it as they live their current life so that's just another thing that gets thrown in the mix of all of this it is. And man, I do not know where I stand on that. There's actually, uh, I, I think like psychic mediums do a lot of that kind of channeling your past lives. Or, um, in some ways, it's there do seem to be a little bit of a contradiction, though, right, between uh, reincarnation and ghosts. Or, or, or maybe it's just uh, an intermediary step, right? Maybe the ghosts are just the... But it's not if those ghosts are not dead people, but they are in fact living or people... That's a or, yeah. It, it's so many yeah, uh, so many questions. Uh, uh, questions abound, right? But yeah, uh, I, I I'm not sure where I come down on reincarnation. It's one of those things. So my wife is Buddhist, uh, more by culture than by religion. Um, but she, uh, you know, Buddhism culture, I think, teaches uh, about reincarnation. Uh, so it's one of those things that I've been interested in. Uh, I haven't done a whole lot of research on it, though, to be honest. Um, it, it's it's just one of those things that it's too it's it's something I'm interested in. But right now, it's one of those things that just uh, it's a little too too much for me. You know what I mean? It's so funny because I feel like when you go into some of the stuff with religion, that's some of the most intense stuff. I would. I honestly yeah. think. I. I. I feel like reincarnation might be a lighter thing to look at, and that's a what's good also, point. and and, yeah, I honestly think that a lot of cultures really strongly believe in reincarnation. Um, so it's our culture that tends to. When I say our culture, I mean like modern American culture that tends to be a little bit more stifled about some of these things. Yeah, even in the conversation about ghosts our culture's like "Ooh, i saw a ghost oh but other cultures like of course i saw a ghost i gave them a taxi ride and yep. i didn't care that i didn't get a fare because they needed a ride and i was helping them out not a big deal you know so it's very different depending on um the cultural lens that's a good point yeah i mean there's plenty of, uh, uh, I mean, Halloween itself is kind of a, the day, you know, the, the day of the dead and the crossover and the visitations, right? Um, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, uh, but I, I will say uh, it's, it is, it is kind of funny because my background is, is, uh, is very much more religious. And I think that part of the aversion to like some of the, the uh, reincarnation stuff is I still want to keep on, I, I want to hold my warm, comfy blanket, right? Um, and there are certain comforting aspects that even though they may be frightening, right? Like the apocalypse and the end of the world and eternal damnation may be pretty scary, but 
the devil you know, right? Um, mm. So, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons also that I'm interested in things like Diana Pasulka's work because she kind of connects a lot of these things across religions, right? And so that that gives me a little bit more of that safety net to explore some of the uh, some of these concepts. Uh, and there really are a lot if you get into the religious aspect. And when you study, okay, I just want to back up for a second. When you studied uh, the UFO phenomenon, you end up studying so many different disciplines yeah. because it really is the study of humanity, ultimately, right? And trying to understand the yeah. mystery of our, our past and our belief system and our DNA, our bodies, everything. So they're taking the approach of considering this in a religious sense um they're taking it in a almost academic religious sense for those who haven't read diana pasolka's book it's um in rice university where they did the archives of the impossible and a lot of people contributed that was under religious studies if you look at every discipline there's something related to ufos in it but that's the that's the lens that she's working with or that's that's her wheelhouse so to speak it's well and she does a good job with it um I, yeah i've got her book and and it's uh, by the way it's it's highly recommended um because it, it makes so it makes so many connections right um it, it and uh, to me those connections that she makes just gives me a little bit of comfort because to me when i see patterns across cultures like she connects right um it tells me that humans have been on to this story for some time right we've been investigating mm -hmm. this and we've had clues for a long while right um and so when i start to think of it that way i think of this eons not uh, maybe not eons but millennia long contact uh experience right where it's not so much et comes down and says hey we're here nice to meet you but it's more of a, a a preparation along the way of et saying we're here we may not look how you think we're gonna look though right um is kind of what i end up taking away from some of those connections that that i see being drawn across these cultures um yeah, you know, I will tell you, though, in my dabbling with um, religion um, over the years, I have found it really fascinating how the religions have so much that's in common. Um, so it makes me think that they all stem from an initial religion, so to speak. Um, of course, there's different versions of creation and origin stories and things like that. Flood stories. But there's, but there's so many in common, like the flood, right? The flood yeah. is in like, like five different religions, right? Yeah. Um, there's, there's often like the angry God. And then, you know, there's multiple deities, even in Christianity, technically, if you, if you are looking to it, you realize, yes, there's God, but there's also the angels, which are like his little soldiers, right? Yeah. Right. So and and there's messengers for, that work for him and they're not human like so yeah. it's funny that you know let's say the bible is perhaps the um most well-known religious text in the world right um obviously not the only one that's really sure. important At to least, people yeah. but 
Um, yeah, but it's one of the most well known, for right? Sure. And and what is it saying in the very beginning that there were other entities besides humans? Yeah, <laughs> like well, it it's funny because when I think about religion, it's fundamentally the story of aliens, right? It's it's literally a non-human intelligence that created the world, which is the definition of holog, you know, station theory. It 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 fits it to a T, uh, right? Uh, and so. In so many ways, it's funny people, you know, panic about what are the religious people going to think. But in so many ways, religious people are even more primed than the, you know, the atheist people to to be open to a concept of a, an alien intelligence. Right. Um, yeah, because yeah, heaven is uh, not. It's fascinating. Heaven alone is not on Earth. It's considered to be a separate place from Earth. It's like, it's it's not even, it's often described as like being in the clouds or being in the sky, just like many, many other yeah. religions. But it's never described as being physically on this planet. So that alone makes you go, hmm, so this is a story with the ufos and the interactions with entities it just is a continuation of religious stories essentially and some of them are more intensely connected you know like um i, I for some the nation of islam they have a ufo connection scientology obviously tons of ufo connection right so it's even more intensely yep. connected there and it's worth noting right now that um, Christopher Bledsoe has a book coming out um, that has to do with how God and UFOs are connected. He's very oh, religious. Interesting. Yes, he um, is very religious and believes that um, the phenomenon is all about God. And, you know, he's had entity sightings with um, someone he calls the lady. And he's not the first person in history to have had an interaction with someone known as the lady or someone that looks like a lady that is a messenger speaking to them. So Fatima comes to mind. Right. <laughs> For those right. who, are, yeah, that was one of the bigger incidents. So what's interesting about this, and yeah, Diana Pasolka is on this, like she's looking at all of this, right? Um, she's found out that remote viewing is something else that was also in the text in the Vatican. Um, really interesting connection there so it so what what does that mean so that's what's what's the interesting point though what does that all mean what does it mean that you know they're consistently in some confusing manner i might add interacting with us yeah yeah uh i i think that yeah could could all no of those idea. All of those experiences, all those witnesses, like at Fatima, there were a ton of people, right? They can't have all been making it up. There has to be something there, right? So what is going on? <laughs> have you given that yeah. thought? What is way, going on, a... Josh? <laughs> I think uh, I think we've got a little bit of delay um, on the on the connection. I'm not. It's probably connected, honestly. Um, but yeah, I you know I, I think about that. There has to be a reason that they're if they're interacting with us. There's got to be a reason for it, right? And so, what could that reason be? It could be something banal, you know, just mundane, like oh, they are having a shitty day and they want to just go twirl around and meet the meet the the stupid humans, right? Or 
or it could be really malicious, right? It could be really no bueno for humans. Um, and how I think the biggest question I have is how it, it's not even like, why are they doing this? Like, why are they abducting us or anything like that? It's my question is, how can we determine how to even interpret these things, right? Because it's something so foreign to like our every, like our collective experience as a whole, right? Day to day. We don't know how to, I mean, these, you know, if they're abducting us and they can communicate to you telepathically, how can you trust your own thoughts even? Um, you know, there's so many questions of how do we par- just parse this new reality? What what new firewalls do we have to put in place in our brains to protect us from these new frightening realities, right? Well, you know, I think it's not frightening for everyone, though, to be fair. You know, and, and it depends on who you talk to about whether or not these are bad experiences. Um, I can tell you, um, speaking to some major researchers, I get some very different answers about that. You know, some people are like, oh, there's definitely a lot of people who have had bad experiences. And then other people saying, oh, no, most people had really good experiences. So I think that good and bad is a very human concept anyway, because they don't have to play by our rules. Um, And Yep, you're absolutely right. We just have to try to understand it, I guess, because that's what we do. Right. So we're trying to... (laughs) <laughs> we try to classify everything and we try to you're absolutely right we try to to split it into a, a one or the other because that helps us in our binary brain because that's kind of how we think about things but when you you know the quantum realm does not deal in binary right so our reality does not deal in binary uh yeah um yeah it's uh you're right it's not it's not scary to everybody um and in fact it, i think that there's a lot to be said to to speak to the fact that it's not a scary reality because if it is reality then we've been living with it for our entire lives right uh it's already something that we're acclimated to i think also the people who are a little more um inclined to embrace it just have really interesting adventures and you're one of those people by the way because you're embracing these synchronicities these breadcrumbs you're like, you know what? I'm going to follow this. I'm going to see where this leads in the woods, you know, see if it leads and, me home. Right. Um, and of course, we know Hansel and Gretel didn't make it to home because the birds ate the breadcrumbs. But that's a whole other story. But anywho, I will say yeah. that. But, you know, the people who get to go through the process of transformation have so many incredible adventures. Um, I have been saying I wish that I could just go to a monastery for a year and just meditate every day and just have that transformative experience. Um, Every time I have opened the door to meditation, it's been really intense for me. Um, So I wish I had the time in my daily life to just do that every now, like, and have food brought to me like a proper yogi. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, actually, a funny story, talking about synchronicities and me just charging down the hallway full of synchronicities, right? Um, one of the things that, one of the times that I was most involved with the charismatic church in my life was, uh, it's probably around 2010 or so. Um, and 
I was a newspaper reporter at the time. And I was, I had just been there for like two or three months. And I, it was funny because I was praying. I was like, man, I really don't want to be here. I don't think I'm supposed to be here. I want to quit this place, but I don't want to get fired and I don't want to quit. So, because I just didn't feel like it was right for me, right? I didn't feel like it fit. Anyways, they called me into the office one day, like a couple days after, you know, I was saying that prayer or whatever. And they were like, uh, we're laying you off. And I'm like, Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> um, and so, uh, because what I wanted to do was I wanted to go be part of this, these charismatic groups, uh, they're called the, the house of prayer or whatever. So it was, I really did for, um, for a, about six months or a year or so I was, I, I was in this place where I was daily, mostly focusing on meditation and, and trying to understand, we, we understood it as hearing from God. Now I would classify it as you know tuning into a fun more fundamental reality or something like that right but um but yeah i did get to go do something like that uh so yeah and it was because of a synchronicity and you know what i just i think it's really interesting because i just um spoke to um someone else um cheryl acosta went through something very similar you know it's just ended up getting to do something in a monastery by the way <laughs> oh that's great and and i think you know, when, you know, there was like this thing called the secret for a while that everyone was really buying into. I don't like to buy into things that have like uh, programs and things like that. Like I have yeah. an aversion when the word protocol is used. I go, oh, no, I'm going to run away now. Um, yeah, I would definitely never do well in Scientology. I'd be like, no, mm -mm, not oh, buying yeah. any books. Yeah. So, but I will tell you that there's, there's a lot of people who, um, when they throw out what they want into the universe, something happens. Like there's a response. There was for me when it, when it came to work, I, I actually did a meditation. I said, I need wow. to make more money. And the next day I was told about a, a higher level position at my agency. Um, wow. So, you know, that, resulted in me being promoted so i'm now i'm just trying to throw out into the universe that i want to live happily ever after with a white picket fence and a nice house and I, where i can do more throwing painting. it out there with you yeah <laughs> I, I want more painting in my life i want to paint again so <laughs> so we'll see happily ever after please yay okay so we're gonna manifest it but it's it does remind me of some more of the the experience with charismatic christianity that name it and claim it kind of the some of them they they call them kind of prosperity gospel which is a has a negative connotation but it's kind of in some ways it's it's similar right it's that manifestation of faith right the power of faith and that's what and honestly i think a lot of the skeptics in ufology the reasons that they have issues with potentially these things is because they they do take some of these really heavily religious undertones, right, and uh, and embrace some of them. And so I do think that, that, that that's what scares off some of the skeptics, right? Um, but I, I would man. argue that some members of the UFO community are in their own right in a UFO religion, whether or not they want to admit it, though. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right about that. I think you're absolutely right. Um, totally agree. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it is. But it's interesting because I see all of these, these again, it's these patterns, and it's the patterns that I look for. Uh, and the pattern here is that, uh, you know, 
cast something out into the universe, whether it's prayer to God or manifesting to the whatever, right? Uh, chaos magic would have it be, I think it would have it be anything temporary that you can put all of your faith into and cast it out, right? And then it either comes back or it doesn't. Um, but it's it's this same pattern that seems to be repeated across a bunch of different things. And by golly, there there's it's better than chance to me that I see these things happen with uh, some regularity that it just makes me think, man, there's got to be something too, something. Well, one of the things that I find exciting is when these all these concepts of, you know, religion and belief, magic, what chaos magic, sorcery, witchcraft, whatever, and science and medicine, the brain, neurology, all end up starting to get closer together and yeah. start becoming one thing. And that, I think, is the human story. And that's where learning about ufos and non-human intelligence leads us to looking at that human story yeah. it's so much fun it's a fun adventure it <laughs> it, it's it's fun because i've been on this personal journey of self-discovery but it really is it's it's a parallel of this that's what ufology really is because it's an examination of the self because to define the aliens we have to define what we mean by us right um and so to understand them we have to understand ourselves uh, because it's all about learning where are our boundaries. That's what consciousness, the consciousness discussion is. Where are the boundaries of consciousness? It's not your body, right? So what are the bounds? And that's, again, going back to how the science part is starting to come in. Because we're looking at things like um, the possibility of there being two atoms and two places that interact, even though they're quite distant from each other. You know, and possibly because of waves, right, from one to another, somehow connecting them. So there could be two of us, right? Or there could, yeah. And and that's really interesting, like things to think about that science loves. Science loves to talk about multiple dimensions and things like thought that. experiments and all of that stuff. Absolutely, Schrodinger's cat, right? Uh, a great thought experiment. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah, there's. There's so many, there are so many avenues of science kind of on this collision course that just says, it feels like it were, it, it feels like it's just kind of pointing towards whatever the singularity is, right? And it's just this dawn of understand, dawning of understanding of new revelations about reality, right? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. What I find really interesting also is that the more you study the phenomenon outside of the human aspect and actually look at this non-human aspect you can see a lot of parallels like we are quickly catching up to whatever this is yeah i i think about that sometimes too right like are they so far ahead of us that they're just dropping us little nuggets are these breadcrumbs right that they're just appearing this way because they know that it will entice us enough to develop our technology enough to catch up right or are they really just right around the corner from us we really you know again this is part of one of those questions that i have of how can we discern the truth of the matter on that right um mm -hmm. it, it, there's so many questions and i think that also i think that part of the reason that disclosure is going to have to be a process is because all of these questions are going to have to be unwound and unraveled right and we're going to have to do it in the public uh discussion sphere uh and as we can see uh from our you know state of politics right now 
uh, that's not very, it, it can be messy at times, right? So right. I, it's I, I messy think that everywhere, yeah. even if not, even on UFO oh, Twitter. Absolutely. <laughs> or in your own family life, right? Uh, geez. Uh, but unraveling just all of the, the mysteries of, of who we are, really, again, because it's all about relationships, right? And, and what do we collectively decide on? And what that, what, what that means is to do that, I have to know a little bit more about you and you have to know a little bit more about me. And we're always in this constant self-discovery cycle, right? And this, and it just feels like at times the, the phenomena is just the, the little, it's just a little spark to keep us going. Right. Um, but yeah. And that's kind of what Jacques Follet talks about a little bit with his control mechanism, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, The giant breadcrumbs. (laughs) Like right here, you know what, here's a spaceship, you know what, here's a, airship here's a yeah. you know we want you to keep paying attention don't no don't stop paying attention here's something else we'll throw this in so but, i don't know i i don't know but i can tell you that um we so rapidly progressed with technology in the last 200 years compared to all the other time that we were on this planet the progression has been really you know the pace has been pretty excessive um, and I imagine even within my lifetime, I'm going to see even more truly amazing things. Everything in science fiction comes to pass. You know, the, so. yeah, Star Trek was a great way of looking at the possibilities for the future. <laughs> like yep. they're, they're, they predicted the cell phone in Star yeah, Trek, they did. for instance. I, I, I really do think that good science fiction predicts reality by about a generation. Um, it, it seems that we are able to imagine far enough down the road that it seems so fanciful but that it's not so far off that it's completely unrealistic right um it just takes time to catch up but yeah i think science fiction is a great avenue to explore so many things right right so when people talk about these uh non-human entities being like a century more advanced than us i don't necessarily think so for instance metamaterials Duke University is working on metamaterials now. They've already uh, kind of figured out that they can play around with terahertz with those. Um, and and there are uh, robotic taxis being oh, developed yeah. um, yep. that can fly, right? So, like, yeah. that's, that's even beyond... You know, it's so funny because... Actually, in science fiction, sometimes reality ends up skipping something and going further. The technology. So like when when we talked about flying cars initially, no one necessarily thought they'd be robotic flying cars. Right. But and and then like when when we switched to streaming services for videos, I thought we were going to go dvds then maybe something we plug into the computer like the fire sticks and stuff that we still do you to use but then we skipped that and just went and straight into streaming services so yeah so sometimes we skip a couple steps and we're i just think we continue to do it at a very fast rate i think um it's only going to take you know some people putting their noggins together for us to catch up pretty quickly to the things that we think are magic now yeah. um, and 200 years i imagine we're going to have all kinds of amazing things going on and my my one caveat with all that is that i hope that we focus a little more on using some of this knowledge 
to help our planet because our we really need to fix what we've done here i absolutely agree actually um and, and uh, actually on everything um i think that we're gonna see increased uh technological advancement with like ai it's gonna make the tech advancement even go even faster right um because we're teaching machines how to learn on their own at a rate that's just in, insanely faster than than humans can do but yeah um yeah yes we, and we no yes and no i'm gonna go back to that's that a good for point, a actually. because yeah. Because we, they have a robot that they're trying to teach language to, and they're discovering that it's actually very difficult for AI to, to learn that. Um, which is they, what they end up doing instead is AI tends to make its own language or, you know, mm -hmm. take shortcuts or whatever. It's really yeah. interesting, but learning like a human child is still very difficult for AI. Um, there because they have a robot that they're doing that process like they had to try to teach the word because mm -hmm. or something like that to this robot i like watching the robot channels on youtube sometimes uh -huh. all the, the newest robots it's so cool um and it just had the hardest time with that right yeah so yeah it can learn sort of but it, for some reason we're incredible biological machines that's true too and we we take that for granted like we we retain and learn so much data that even an ai robot is struggling with it because we don't we just underestimate the power of our brains in that sense we can put all these programs in them and do whatever and they still yes they can do math really fast but there's a lot of stuff that they're not catching up to yep no i i i you're right um it's also uh i also think though um about the specialness of humans, right? I, I agree. I think that there's something special about humans. Um, people sometimes ask, you know, well, why would, in, you know, aliens be interested in humans? But I would say the same reason that we're interested in tigers in the jungle, right? Or we're interested in elephants in Africa. There's nothing particularly special about them other than there's nothing particularly special about them. It's a part of the diverse ecosystem of life. Uh, and it's, one part of a whole, right? And so understanding the parts of the whole uh, is part of understanding the universe. And maybe they're just on a quest to understand the universe, right? So, um, yeah. Well, some people don't even think they're all that interested in us and that our encounters are just incidental to them. Like they're actually oh. coming to fetch some flowers from a flower bed and they run into a human and they're like, drats, now I got to deal with this human, <laughs> you know? I actually, honestly... If they, if aliens are just tired of humans and just like bothered by us, you know, just being around, I'm okay with that. Like, just okay, just leave us alone. We'll just leave you alone too, right? No, I'm. I want them to hang out with us, and I want to meet them. Like, oh, I'm that's... in a very different place than other people. I'm like, come on already. Let's like, it's been a hundred years of people being confused with your ships flying around, <laughs> and and it's been centuries of people, you know, saying something's going on in the sky. Centuries, you know. So, oh, and like, of course, there's all the whole, you know, sky gods and yeah. you know all that stuff. Uh, I think I think it's like now. enough is enough. I think there's enough people who are just kind of yeah. going, you know what, we've we feel pretty safe other than what we can do to each other. We don't have to struggle in a cave anymore. We're not struggling to eat 
the same way but for i would say for the most part obviously some countries are still struggling because they aren't on board with some of the same systems right and sure yeah and i would love for us all to just as humanity look at people who are struggling and help them you know yeah. i really would i don't get why we don't do that but yeah our civilization not all that civilized but <laughs> yeah but this is, in my opinion, I think that's something that the revelation of, oh, aliens could help humans, right? Just that fact could help us to kind of get our stuff together and say, oh, we're, we, you know, we need to start paying attention to some other stuff that we have not been paying attention to, like our planet, right? Uh, I, I agree on all of that stuff. You know, it's really interesting. Whenever I think about what would a more civilized civilization be like? Right. I would never think of a planet where they would shoot each other for crossing over some imaginary border. I never yeah. think of a planet where they would allow anyone to be starving or cold or, you know, like it's ridiculous. We yeah. literally are on a planet where someone is not allowed to put a shelter in the woods to survive yeah. in and live off the grid like you're not allowed to do that believe it or not you get in trouble <laughs> if you want yeah. to survive that way we're in a place I, I, where, yeah like look at tent cities what they do to them they like destroy yeah. the, like that's crazy that's not advanced no it's oh i tried to light a campfire in my own backyard the other day and uh the neighbor was like yeah you can't do that i'm calling the fire department right uh so yeah uh we kind of are kind of just jerks towards each other in a lot of ways right and it's always over this this is mine and that's yours and you stay away from what's mine and this is my imaginary line and don't cross it right um but yeah humans were silly yeah that's not what i call advanced and that is where we might see some major differences however Whenever someone says higher intelligence, I get super resentful because because <laughs> I'm like, just because someone has better cars and maybe right. has their civilization in a better place than us doesn't mean that they're necessarily like higher yeah. intelligence, whatever. They could <laughs> have just, just had access to different resources, right? Maybe their planet is has a different gravity well and it's easier to escape so they can make things in space a lot easier, right? There's a lot of things that could reflect reality. And it could be even more basic. Like they could just have better eyesight so they can see waveform. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right. Because they could see in infrared. In fact, um, people, by the way, who are interested in Bigfoot say that Bigfoot can see in infrared. Interesting. It, it's so cool because like cryptozoology and stuff like that, it's it's there's it's it's there's some science to it. Right. Like it's a it's a legit field of study. Right. With people who have field researchers and equipment and all of that stuff um but it's something that 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 uh just flows so naturally from the ufo discussion right it's it's not that they're related right but they are it just transitions so easily that it's almost like they are related right i um, i think they are for sure 100 percent well there's i mean i've heard people say that bigfoot's like trans-dimensional uh which is very cool if so uh how could that work i don't know but uh i sure would like to know so come on bigfoot let's hang out right well so i have this theory like you know people talk about this planet being like a zoo or an experiment i think 
there is a possibility that if those entities like uh, Bigfoot and uh, even things like elves and stuff like that, mm -hmm. if there's truth to that, they could all be experiments, right? And yeah. they could all be some kind of hybrid even, right? And if Bigfoot has some uh, alien and human DNA, it could certainly end up looking like something as bizarre as people describe right absolutely yeah um it, i think the 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 biggest thing to you know, like when you when you are in the ufo field or even cryptozoology or whatever right paranormal uh, you kind of have to get rid of your expectations because there's no telling what reality may be right and that's the hard line to walk because it's the line that you can't entertain every stray possibility right but at some point you have to be open to some kind of crazy stuff or whatever uh mm -hmm. you know some out there things um and so it's kind of it gets to be a hard uh a hard line to walk because uh sometimes you do have to say okay i don't I, that's enough thinking about this topic right on this or this explanation or whatever um but yeah you kind of have to let your expectations go in a lot of ways as to what might be the answer to the mystery Mm -hmm. And then I think also if you if you want to be able to perceive more things, um, you have to kind of go against the schemas that your brain is going to put in place anyway. Um, yes. So the, the brain is just designed to put everything in a box. Um, and that is how we miss so many things. Just like yes. we were saying, it's like a little tied to what we said earlier a good example is indigenous uh, tribes, not all of them, of course, but at least some of them, when they would hunt, they use something called wide angle vision. They would try to see everything all at once from every part around them. Like you can do that now. People can do that. You can try to see everything all at once. Our eyes are capable of it. But you discover just how difficult that is to really abs like absorb that much information at once unless you practice. Um, I imagine some people didn't have to worry about practicing. They would just automatically do it. Do it. So you have to kind of overcome what your brain wants to do with information um, if you want to see new things. Yep, I agree. And yeah, like kind of like we were talking about earlier, I, I think there is something I, I've tried to do that. I didn't realize there was a name for it, but, but the wide angle vision, uh, try to be aware of everything in your per, in your field of view. Right. Uh, and then I think about, well, what if you can do that with your consciousness? Right. If your consciousness has a focal area. Right. And normally it's focused in on, you know, my physical reality. But if you can train your consciousness, right, to, to, uh, you know, kind of like we were saying earlier with some of the dream stuff, and and you you refine those filters, right, uh, so that you can turn them on and off. Uh, it, 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 it's I kind of think of it in the same way as your your physical, you know, vision, um, and just being able to perceive because we perceive so many things without even thinking about it. Like the air, uh, here's one. You do not perceive the atmospheric pressure on your skin. It feels like a net zero, right? But there is atmospheric pressure pushing against your skin at all times, right? But we tune it out. 
uh, when you're sitting in a chair, the chair is pushing against your legs, but you tune it out. You're not you're not aware of those those sensations or those mm -hmm. those realities. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, all of the mindfulness stuff that I do with my therapist and the meditation kind of work, it's all it, it's kind of focused on the 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 here and the now. Right being aware of what your what your senses are informing you of right and i think that we've got more than just our five senses uh now what what is those what are those other senses and how many questions up in the air right but uh, right I, yeah well one thing that i've noticed in research is they like to use the word intuition a lot when they are taking it seriously when they take the yes. subject seriously the word intuition is the key word for those who want to look this up a little bit more and are interested in researching this. But if you want to look up the scary stuff, go look at psychotronics <laughs> or yeah. uh, what is the other one? Uh, Psychogen gen, something. I don't know. There's, there's a few things in the CIA files that are pretty alarming. They have um, things to do with uh, the, trying to use the mind for weapons essentially right. because that's Men what the stare at goats right yeah because, go with your mind yeah i don't think that was really what the rv program was about but there probably was a branch off used that way right so right. um and and they were concerned that other countries were doing the same thing and looking into that so i think that would be the reason we would investigate um and we, you know, we try to weaponize all the woo, the woo when it comes yeah. to like the government and all that. They try to weaponize everything. So unfortunate. And and you know, for the record, like cops and stuff, they still hire psychics to help them. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> all the time. I, I was thinking about that the other day. They they there really is cold case psychics that do stuff and have results. Right. Absolutely. Right. So there's definitely you know, quite a bit of evidence for all these things that we've talked about today. There's evidence for UFOs, there's evidence to do with ghosts, there's evidence for psychic abilities, all these topics that you're interested in. So I truly appreciate that you came to talk to me today about them. I also appreciate that you are so intensely researching all of these things um, because, you know, that passion really educates other people um, and kind of puts them on their own path. Um, I do hope that one day we'll be around to see um, either Bigfoot or uh, these non-human intelligence be a little bit more, I don't want to say transparent because they already are transparent. <laughs> pretty transparent, more visible. <laughs> yeah, more present, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, and thanks for thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, there's so many questions, and I, I like to try to approach it from a a, a blank slate, right? Um, because I, I don't want to try to be I want to try to not be biased from other sources until I get my feet under me with uh, you know some experiences of my own, uh, and I, I feel like I've done that. <laughs> right. So. Well, I can tell you that if if I had the means and time and money, I would definitely go check out some of these. Um, organizations like the Monroe Institute, right? I would love to find out what's going on there. I, I would love to know what level I could tap into with these abilities. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to use my music that is kind of a, goes in with my neurotransmitters and kind of yep. springs out all these things that are fascinating. 
um, I assure you that my meditations are more fantastical than my dreams. They're really yeah. just crazy things happen. And I just let it go. I let it do its thing and just kind of like go along. I can't, by the way, for those listening, I cannot meditate if I lay down. Like it, I fall asleep. It doesn't work. I don't uh -huh. meditate uh -huh. laying down. Um, I'm 100% awake. In fact, I've exercised and meditated at the same time and had in yeah. really intense meditation experiences. So if anyone wants to like just kind of shut off their schemas and their brain, try to think like kind of go outside the box with that stuff a little bit. Um, you don't have to, you know, wait, give it a try. See yep. what you find. Do some wide angle vision work. Try to see everything at once. Who knows what you might start be start picking up. And, and you know, on a final note with that, bringing it back to science, uh, people looking at genetics are learning that we can kind of turn genes on and off when we do things like meditate or, you know, try to change how we perceive the world. And it makes you really wonder again, how interesting are these human machines that we are? <laughs> Indeed. It, it, it's a good question. So did you have um, any final things you wanted to just say to people and want to let people know how they can find you? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I'm i on Twitter, uh, Thoreau A. Whalen. Um, I know it's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, Thoreau, just look for Thoreau. I'm on UFO Twitter a bit. Um, that's kind of my biggest uh, presence right now. Um, I also uh, am on Discord, but uh, I help to moderate the, the the UAPX fan Discord. We are now a fan Discord. Um, but uh, stop by. Uh, we are big focused on data and supporting database uh, data focused research. So yeah. Um, check out the UAPX fan discord uh, and Twitter. Right. If you want to give me the link for the discord, I'll add that into the description for this podcast. I have your blog also already linked and your Twitter account is already linked. So people can reach you if they need to. In the meantime, thank you to everyone else who is listening. This is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings Podcast Network. If anyone needs to find me, I'm at Study of UAPs on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, so on and so forth. I'm also with Calling All Beings on YouTube. Everyone take care and thank you for listening.